Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Guys Camendieta, and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machin. This is La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Akanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Another weekend of high drama in Spain's top division on match day 12. So here's a taster of what's coming up inside the next half an hour. Barcelona are beaten by Betis. It's a first home league defeat for Los Cules in 26 months. Here's Roman. I think self-destruction defined Sunday's Barcelona really well. Collectively, the team wasn't in sync at all when defending and Betis managed to exploit that. Well, Atletico Madrid come from behind twice to defeat Athletic Club at home. Ewan explains how, sort of. It was such a strange game. Not only were Atletico Madrid involved in a five-goal thriller, which is rare for Diego Simeone's 1-0 lovers, but the goal scorer was an injured centre-back playing as a centre-forward. At Balaidos, Real Madrid wins, so they make Santi Solari permanent coach, but Celta lose, so they sack Antonio Mohamed and replace him with Miguel Cardoso. Alex tells us about the new man. He started coaching in Porto's academy, have been assistant at Salta's main rival, Depor. This is a smart man with brilliant language skills who likes an offensive type of football that should suit Salta's squad perfectly. And Valencia make it back-to-back wins in all competitions for the first time this season. Paco says they might just have turned the corner. Valencia's form isn't top-notch, that's true, but it's slowly improving as they keep defending pretty tightly and allowing few, if any, goals. And there's all your three-word verdicts. That's all on the way. Well, more on the third managerial change in La Liga later on in this mini-pod, but we have to start at the camp now, where Raul Betis went to Barcelona and taught them a lesson in attacking possession. Yes, you heard that right. It was a mad match. Betis winning by the odd goal in seven. Worked inside. That's a lovely through ball as well to Junior Firpo from Carvalho. He needs some support. He might have to go on his own here. And it's in. Betis on the break. And they break the deadlock in the camp now. Once again, there's a little bit of space with the runners through the middle. Look at Moran and Joaquim. All out to the left instead. It's behind everybody. Teo arriving though. Joaquim, 2-0. The talisman is on the score sheet. Messi back to Alba once again. Now he's brought down from behind. Teo made contact. Was it inside the box? Messi against Paul Lopez, who's produced some great saves already in this game. Can he find another one against the Argentinian? Into the top corner, top draw penalty. Barcelona right back in this game. Guardado now gives it to the substitute, Teo once again. Looking to take on Alba. 
Lo Celso. Oh, it's a disaster for Testegen, who didn't really get behind it. And Betis restore their two-goal lead. A brief moment for Barca to switch off. And Testegen couldn't prevent it from sneaking in at the far corner. That's the pass that Barcelona Munir lays it off. Vidal stretching to stab it home. The Betis keeper looks for an offside flag that hasn't come. And the Chilean halves the deficit. And once again, Barca are back in this. Valio does well to step away from the initial challenge. Lo Celso has got Vidal nipping at his heels. He gets away from him, but is caught by Rakitic, who's got to be careful here because it's a second yellow. It's red for Rakitic, and Barca are down to 10 men. Still might concede here, though. Suarez, Vidal, flag stays down. Messi! It's now gone up on the far side. The referee's assistant. VAR's having a look upstairs as well. And the goal does stand. And that is the full-time whistle. A first loss in 43 in La Liga on home soil for Barcelona. Betis, hold on. The final score at the camp now here on 11 Sports. Barcelona, three. Betis, four. So that's how it went down on 11 Sports in the UK. To make things worse for Barcelona, they'd won all previous nine home meetings with Betis in all competitions. But this was the first time they'd lost at home to anyone in La Liga since September 2016. It was a first league win for Betis at the Camp Nou since 1998 and the first time ever that they'd scored four goals there. So a shot result in so many ways, not just for how Betis have suddenly clicked in a scoring, but also how poorly Barcelona played overall and just kept pressing the self-destruct button. Let's chat with La Liga legend Roman Derquer. Roman, where did it all go wrong for Enesta Valverde's side on Sunday evening? I think self-destruction defines Sunday's Barcelona really well. Collectively, the team wasn't in sync at all when defending, and Betis managed to exploit that. In the first two goals, you can see how just a few players were trying to stop the opposition, while the rest were closer to the midfield than to their own area. The team wasn't working as a block, but completely split apart. So Betis' quick counter-attacks were demolishing for Barca, and players like Busquets or Rakitic were unable of stopping the siege and winning the battle in the midfield field. In the second half, the home team looked much better, but this time it wasn't more about the individual errors rather than the collective ones. Ter Stegen was incapable of blocking a relatively simple Lothelso shot, and then Rakitic got sent off when Barca were looking for their third goal to equalize the game. So not even Messi's return with two goals was enough to stop Setien's men. And Roman, what about Betis? Are they really back to their old selves for good? And, and how come? It's risky to say they're back for good, but Setien deserves credit for sticking to his game plan. His formation with five at the back was ideal to deactivate Barca. Those two deep and offensive fullbacks were key in grabbing that deserved win. Jordi Alba's pace was generally quick enough to confront Teo, but Sergi Roberto on the other side had a really tough time with Junior Firpo. When Betis were counter-attacking, Junior had plenty of space and as a matter of fact, three of the four goals originated on that left side. But the team also benefited from William Carvalho's improvement and Lothelso's incursion into the starting eleven. The Portuguese midfielder was wonderful, always cool and composed and making the right passes to the right players at the right time. That's definitely the version Betis expected when they signed him this summer. On the other hand, Lothelso was sneaking in behind the Barca midfield and causing a lot of trouble in quick transitions. Definitely two players Setien is going to count on very often to help them win games. Thanks, Roman. (laughs) 
And so to the chasing pack, and what a game at the Wanda. This was a pulsating encounter throughout. There were rarely any let-up in the pace and intensity. Uh, the context, well, having been held away to Leganes last weekend, it was imperative that Atletico Madrid beat Athletic Club so as not to lose further ground on Barcelona. And they did, just by three goals to two. But they very much did it the hard way. And Mikel San Jose's strike was tipped onto the frame of the goal by Jan Oblak, but it bounced back down his goal line for Iñaki Williams to tap in for nil one. They held on to that lead until half-time, but Thomas Partey's pile driver from 30 yards out just after the hour was a more than worthy equaliser. But parity lasted just three minutes as Iker Munein's delightful through ball was latched onto by Williams and he beat Oblak and Diego Godin pulled his hamstring while trying to chase the Athletic forward. Just remember that. Uh, but Diego Simeone had already used all his substitutes, so Godin had to stay on the pitch. He went up front. Atleti got their second equaliser courtesy of a Thomas Corner headed in by Rodri for his first goal for the club. But time for one more twist. Godin was fouled by Unai Nunez for a free kick, taken by Thomas, hooked into the six-yard box by Saul, flicked on by Antoine Griezmann for Godin himself to head past the athletic keeper Yago Errin in stoppage time. Just heroic, 3-2 the final score. Uh, just absolutely defies description. Let's have a chat with our man in Madrid, Ewan McTeer. Ewan, I mean, incredible spirit for Atleti to come back twice and with their injuries, of course, as well, including now Diego Godin. So how on earth do you explain it? I can't explain it, David. Nobody can. The opening line of Alberto Arbero's match report from Marca, for example, was the following. This report cannot explain what happened at the Metropolitano. The next thousand you read won't be able to either. It was such a strange game. Not only were Atletico Madrid involved in a five-goal thriller, which is rare for Diego Simeone's 1-0 lovers. But the goal scorer was an injured centre-back playing as a centre-forward and the centre-back pairing was made up of midfielder Saul Niguez and Thomas Partey. There was no logic to what happened. This was just meant to be. Uh, you've got to talk about a couple of specific players. Thomas, who was involved in all three goals, but also Diego Costa, who was subbed at half-time. What's going on there? Yeah, Thomas was superb, just as he was on Tuesday night against Borussia Dortmund. There were rumours a few weeks ago that he was wanting to leave Atletico because of lack of playing time. But he's been used more and more in recent weeks and has formed a very strong partnership in central midfield with Rodri. I'd confidently state that Thomas and Rodri is a better partnership than Saul and Rodri, which is good as it means Saul can be used further up the pitch. As for Costa, well, he hasn't scored a goal in the league since February 25th. That's 259 days. He only has three this season in other competitions. In this game specifically, he'd only just come back from injury, but his form is a problem. And while we've got you with us, Ewan, what's your take on what is happening with Athletic Club? They're going to the international break only above the relegation zone on goal difference. Uh, so what now for Toto Berizzo? It's really not a good situation for them, and to have gone 11 matches without a victory is really frustrating for the Athletic fans. In fact, it's a club record. But one positive is the performance they put together at the Wanda Metropolitano against Atletico. As Iñaki Williams said, we played almost perfectly and deserved much more, so this hurts. So the performance was better and there have been some positive signs under Berizzo. But at a historic club like Athletic, they need more than these little positive crumbs. I think he's on a very, very hot seat. Cheers, Ewan. And while Atletico cozied up to Barcelona, so did Alaves, and they too had to turn around their game to do it. A game at home to Huesca, which shouldn't really have posed them too many problems, but the La Liga first-timers have improved of late under their new coach, Francisco. They turned up at Mentorotza in a 5-4-1 formation. They got the first goal on 35 minutes, courtesy of a Moy Gomez low drive from just over 20 yards out, which wasn't dealt with at his near post by Antonio Sivera. A bad error, but Alaves were level before half-time. Ivar Gomez 
Gomez with a deep cross, Johnny with the far post header, and then the winner was down to a big mistake from Ruben Semedo. He simply gave the ball away trying to clear his lines, but found substitute Robin Sobrino, who fired home left-footed with the help of the slightest of deflections from Jorge Pulido. Uh, so Alaves pick up yet another win in their extraordinary season. Abelardo said he never dreamt of having 23 points at this stage, but that it's reality, and they have to enjoy it while also carrying on working with humility. A West have now led in both of their last two games, but come away with only one point out of six. Uh, Francisco bemoaning his team's injuries, but he said that they wouldn't give up because teams that are accumulating points now won't be later in the season. Now, the other team breathing down Barcelona's neck and on 23 points, along with Atletico and Alaves, are Sevilla. And again, another comeback here as they beat Espanyol 2-1. Borja Iglesias, who else? Uh, gave Espanyol the lead just before the break. Lovely build-up from Didac Milan to Sergio Garcia. A cheeky reverse pass to Sergi Dada and Borja then nipped it in at the near post. Uh, that is his fifth goal in the last four in La Liga and seventh overall. But Sevilla's equaliser came on 70 minutes. It was the simplest of goals, really. A corner swung in by Ever Banega and Gabriel Mercado got away from his marker, Esteban Granero, and just tapped in for 1-1. And then with time running out, Andre Silva fought for the ball, found Ever Banega, whose precise through ball was latched onto by substitute Wissam Benyeda, who nipped it past Diego Lopez. A 50th goal for Sevilla in just 101 games for Benyeda and the winning goal as well. Well, afterwards, Pablo Machin spoke about playing with head and heart and that Sevilla fans would be happier starting their working week after a performance like that. While the Espanol coach Rubi said that they were, on the one hand, sad not to have held on and won, but on the other, said it was one of his proudest days in charge of the team. Well, this was our Partidas Predictions choice on YouTube just before the weekend. Do check out our channel by heading to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Liga Lowdown or simply put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine. Uh, it was only Roman who got the result right, if not the scoreline. So he adds a single point to his tally. No one else gets anything. So here are the overall standings. Paco Polit has 13 points. Ewan has 12. Roman moves on to 7, whereas Alex Johnson and myself both have just the 5 points. Uh, that's it for part 1 of this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod. Plenty more to come, though, as we discuss Real Madrid extending their winning streak under Santi Solari away to Celta and have Valencia turn the corner. That's coming up in a couple of ticks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Karnoff and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. Uh, so four games covered, six more to come. We've dealt with the teams who were in the top five heading into the weekend. So now to the rest. And what a game we had at Balaidos as Real Madrid made it four wins from four in all competitions under Santi Solari, beating Celta Vigo 4-2 away from home. And talk about contrasting fortunes. Uh, the result ensured that Solari would stay on at the Bernabeu, but also signalled the departure of Antonio. Tony Mohamed, the Celta Vigo coach, which we'll discuss in a moment. But Caim Benzema inspired Los Blancos, helping them get their noses in front and stay in front. There were a couple of other belting goals in this game too. Last May, Real Madrid thumped Celta 6-0. Benzema onside and scores. Well, sharp finishing from Karim Benzema. Three goals inside two games for the Frenchman. It's sharp play from Benzema. He goes short, spins in behind. Outstanding first touch. Just slots it past Sergio Alvarez. Real Madrid get themselves into the lead. Aspas. Good run from Mayo. What a finish. Well, there is the quality. That was a very difficult technique to perfect from the captain. Lovely run from the right back. Boy, what a finish. No fluke about that whatsoever. Straight off the instep. Great technique. A super goal for Celta Vigo. Game back on again. Here's Ceballos. Oh, I say. How about it from Danny Ceballos? Stand and admire. It's a brilliant finish from Danny Ceballos. Drives in towards the Celta Vigo defence. Head down. Great technique. Sergio Alvarez all ends up of course every silver lining has a cloud and that cloud at the Bernabeu right now is injuries as all of Casemiro Reguilón and Nacho Hoboldov injured replaced by Dani Ceballos Javi Sanchez and Marco Asensio respectively and Nacho is out for a couple of months with damaged right knee ligaments it might only be three weeks for Casemiro though with an ankle strain but really not an ideal situation and while Santi Solari has now been given the Real Madrid job after four straight wins in all competitions 15 goals scored two conceded, somewhat suddenly Celta have parted company with Antonio Mohamed. His La Liga record reading, played 12, won 3, drawn 5, lost 4. So not exactly disastrous. And the Portuguese Miguel Cardoso has been named as his replacement. Alex Johnson was at this game at Balaidos. Uh, Alex, how much of a surprise is Mohamed's departure? And what do we know about the new man, Cardoso? It was a bit of a surprise that it came the very second it did, but not that it did come. A few lucky results and individual brilliance from his players is what has kept Antonio Mohamed around this long. 4-0 against Eibar is a perfect example. Looks great on paper, it did not on the pitch. It was just Iago Aspas. This is the first time Carles Mourinho sacks a coach in the middle of the season, which says a lot. 12 match rounds in might sound harsh, but there have been no sight of a game plan. His training methods have been described as old school and out of date. Miguel Cardoso is a coach that Celta had their eyes on before and the fact that they already had him ready shows that this was not an overnight decision. He started coaching in Porto's academy, had been assistant at Salta's main rival Depor, been a Shakhtar Donetsk but made his biggest mark with Rio Ave in Portugal, taking them to the Europa League. This is a smart man with brilliant language skills who likes an offensive type of football that should suit Salta's squad perfectly. Thanks Alex. 
Well, three teams are directly behind Real Madrid on 17 points, so let's take you through their games. And not a huge amount to say about the match at the Estadio José Sorrilla, which finished Real Valladolid nil, Eibar nil. Uh, Fabian Orellana was probably Eibar's best player, twice denied by the Valladolid keeper Jordi Masip, while Charles spurned a great chance to make it 1-0 to the visitors, and Anais Arbia was sent off for two yellow cards. Despite that setback, Eibar coach José Luis Mendilibar said that his side were more comfortable than Valladolid, but that it was a good point. Uh, Valladolid's Sergio González said they were struggling to score and that it's a worry for everyone. Well, it's true. They are the joint second lowest scorers in Spain's top division, but they're still seventh in the table. And in eighth, Alevante, uh, that's despite losing 3-1 at home to Real Sociedad. A deflected strike from centre-back Chema giving them the lead, but La Real turned this one around in the space of 10 second half minutes. Adnan Yanazai scooped the ball over the top for Miguel Oyarzabal to cut back from the byline. Teo Hernández sweeping home the equaliser. Yanazai then directly assisted the visitor second, a shot on the turn from sub Juan Mi, and the third was a lovely bit of combination play between Oyer Sabal and his give and go with Juan Mi, and then a deft finish past Oyer. Just goes to show when Asier Ganitano's side want to turn on the style, they absolutely can. Bizarre thing is, they can't do it at home where they still haven't won and picked up just three points, while away they've got 13 points in all. And for Paco Lopez Levante, not only did it halt their five match unbeaten run, but they'll also miss Jose Luis Morales and Jose Campaña for the next game after picking up a fifth booking. There was another goalless draw between Girona and Leganes, but it wasn't a bad game at Montelivi in the end. First half was a bit dull, but it did open up in the second. Jonathan Silva headed an Alan Yom cross against the post. And then Borja Garcia played in Joko Lozano, whose shot also came back off the frame of the goal. Cristian Stuani put the rebound over. And Lega had one last chance through Michael Santos, but Bono saved. His opposite number, Pichu Cuellar, was taken off injured, replaced by Andre Lunin, who's on loan from Real Madrid. Both sides will be hoping the international break will allow them to recover a few injured players. Get this, it is back-to-back wins in all competitions for Valencia for the first time since May. After their 3-1 victory at home to Young Boys in the Champions League in midweek, they went to the Coliseum Alfonso Perez and beat Hetafe by a single goal to nil. It perhaps could and should have been more comfortable and would have been if Rodrigo Moreno had put away his countless chances. He's been far from the clinical player we saw at Valencia last season. But the Vistas goal led a bit of a charmed life too. Twice in this game, Hetafe hit the post, first through Leandro Cabrera and then through Jorge Molina. But in the 80 first minute, Valencia were awarded a penalty after sub Kevin Gamero was pulled back in the box, a decision made by the VAR and Dani Parejo beat David Soria from 12 yards out. Utter relief for Marcelino's side. Uh, let's discuss this further with our Paco Bolitz who's been keeping a close eye on Valencia all the way through this season. Well, Paco, Francis Coquelin said it was the first time that they've got a VAR decision in their favour. So, is that true? Is it justified? Have Valencia actually been that unlucky? And even more importantly, Paco, have they now turned the corner this season? Actually, Co- Kukulan has a point regarding VAR refereeing being nasty towards Valencia this season, but I guess that's life and eventually things will improve. In fact, Valencia have been off the mark rather than unlucky. Take as an example their last three games, more or less consistent performance, but against young boys, Santi Mina unlocked the score thanks to his accuracy, whereas a few days earlier, Valencia lost because they were unable to score any clear chances against Girona and their goalie Bono. The game at the Coliseum followed suit. Rodrigo Moreno had one 
two, up to three one-on-one chances in Getafe's goal and wasn't able to score. So it had to be Parejo from the penalty spot late in the second half, the one who got the winning goal. Valencia's form isn't top-notch, that's true, but it's slowly improving as they keep defending pretty tightly and allowing few, if any, goals. Once their shots on target get inside the goal, they should well be back on track to fight for European spots. Thank you, Paco. And Paco has also been talking to Valencia fan Paul Odegaard about Los Che going forward and what is facing them in the coming weeks. OK, uh, Rayo at home should be doable. Then Juventus away. It's not impossible. No, it's not impossible. Maybe they're a bit more relaxed as well now. But Valencia really needs to take a pointer. But it's a very grilling schedule ahead. And what will that do? Because it's also very tight. Many matches in a few days. Will that provoke injuries? If you have a bad match against Rayo, you get hammered against Juventus. What will that do with the confidence? Well, that clip was part of our latest stadium sit-down, which we've done outside Mestalla. You can see the whole thing this week on our YouTube channel. And simply go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Lodan, or simply put Lodan into your search engine. Make sure you subscribe and enable those notifications. Now, our final game to round up is the match at Vallecas between two struggling teams. And to be honest, the result didn't really help either of them. It finished Rayo Vallecano 2, Villarreal 2. For both teams, they've got to take solace in their bright young players. Uh, Villarreal ahead uh, after Samuel Chiquese cut in from the right and rifled home for his first goal in La Liga. But a similarly talented player got Rayo back on terms. Raul de Tomas on loan from Real Madrid, touching home Oscar Trejo's volley cross into the six-yard box. And then, well, Rayo went in front as a shot from distance from the Tomas was parried by Sergio Asenjo, but straight to Alvaro Garcia, who finished emphatically. Still, Rayo couldn't hold on to get their first win in 10 games. Nicolas Ansona came off the bench and on 80 minutes he gave us an incisive run, a few stepovers and a right foot rocket into the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, even despite Arroa Gonzalez's red card for two yellows, that is how it finished. It means that Villarreal's winless league run extends to six games and there were perhaps fateful words said from Villarreal head coach Javi Calleja afterwards. If they have to get rid of me, they'll do it, he said. And as for Michel, whose Rayo side haven't won now since mid-September, where well, he said he had a lot of confidence in his work and his team and if he were the problem, he would step aside, but that he thought Rayo would stay up with him as coach. We'll see how long Rayo and Villarreal persist with their current coaches, but lots to think about going into the international break. Well, time now for your three-word verdicts. Hashtag six seasons and a movie. I went for always watch Betis. Knew that one would come up this week. La Liga Gav chose Betis woken up. Richard Cosmala's verdict. Oops, Ter Stegen. Yeah, that really gave Betis a new lease of life in that game, didn't it, at the camp now. Our own Bacobolita opted for junior, senior, actually. A bit of an early noughties pop reference for you. Before we go, quick reminder of where you can find the rest of our content. Our Twitter feed is at La Liga Lowdown. We'll keep you across Spain's games in Croatia and at home to Bosnia Herzegovina over the international break. Uh, don't forget about our YouTube channel. Head to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Liga Lowdown or put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine. We've got another stadium sit down coming up this week at Valencia and Partidas Predictions as well. So subscribe to the channel, enable notifications. Our website www.laligalowdown.com has all of those bits and bobs as well as this mini pod, which you can give a five star rating to if you so desire. Have a good international break. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. This was a Radio Stakhanov production. Stikano production. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.